at first, before we even went, how people would tell us, these are beautiful women and they are cartel women and you don't talk to them. We've seen them at the whatever store and you don't get to talk to them. There are a group of women that believe we've been commanded to go into all the world, not just the places we feel comfortable. With that in mind, they are taking a message of love to women engaged in the adult entertainment industries. But they are not your typical church ladies. They are lace warriors, and this is their battle cry. Welcome to Battle Cry. Today, I am so excited to chat with Olga Verastegui, my partner in supporting sex workers in Ogonia, Coahuila, Mexico. Join us as we explore ministering in Mexico, compare women's experiences in Mexico and the United States, discuss cartel influence, and reveal the purpose behind our efforts. So get ready for an impactful journey as Battlecry heads to Mexico. My husband is wonderful, and he invites everybody to <laughs> have an experience in the mission field, and he wants he he he's passionate about missions and he just wants everybody to go he kept bugging you and inviting you and you finally went um i didn't go at that time but i do remember um calling my husband in the in the evening and i he answered the phone and i heard a lot of music and i and i asked him where are you and he said I'm at the bar with Jazz. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and just to clarify, Jose and I were not at a bar. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were checking out a ladies' bar, which we'll talk about later. And then I remember going, you went that one time with my husband, and then he came back. He was super excited and told me all about your ministry. And then the next time we went, I went with you and him. And I remember, and we we just started talking, and you know I was excited, you know, for you for because you were going, and obviously you don't know Spanish, so I was like, well, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna translate for her. But I I do remember thinking I'm just gonna go, you know, and help. But you know if but God's gonna send somebody else to work with her because this is not what I'm gonna be doing. But I do remember talking to you on our way over there and just telling you, like, I am so happy that you are doing this for these women because, <laughs> you know, I could never, you know, relate to them. And, and then and then I do remember you telling me, of, of course, of course you can. And then you 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 asked you asked me, you, you go, have you never been felt alone? Have you never felt unwanted have you never felt unloved and you said this this is what these women women feel they're just women they have the same feelings that you do because at that point i was just thinking of them as as just people i didn't know you mm -hmm. know they're just people that do that because because they like it <laughs> That was my way of thinking back then, you know? I mean, what made you realize that they don't just like it? Well, I went 
and I was able to put a face to these women. And honestly, I just, I fell in love with their ministry because I realized that not, not anybody is willing to go into a place like that and tell the, these ladies that Jesus loves them. And like you say, exactly where you are, you don't have to be perfect. You don't, you don't have to be anything else than who you are. And that's how God loves you. What do you find most challenging about doing this ministry? That a lot of people think the way I used to think, that these women like it, that that's why they're there, that it's easy money. But I do remember, I do remember having that conversation with you too, you know, about they like it. And you saying, how would you like to be touched by all these people, all these men? And I was like, I wouldn't. Well, why would they? Why would they like, why Why would anybody want to be touched by all these men? So they don't like it. So if they don't like it, why do they do it? Well, I mean, that's part of putting a face to their stories, you know, that's, mm-hmm. I now I know that they, that they have families. <laughs> I mean, I've always known how much, how much they get paid at a manufacturing plant or or whatnot which is like five seven ten dollars a day um but when you have a family when you have children when that's not enough that's not enough to make it right um most of them have children or or even that one that had the brother with cancer Mm mm-hmm and, and working. Was working to pay for his cancer treatments. To pay for his cancer treatments. And there was one um, that was working so that she could purchase equipment to start her own beauty salon. Yeah. And so she can get them, out of it. Yeah. A lot of them do have an end game. They have they have a plan. This is just a, a way to meet those needs so that they can go on and do something different. But then others do choose to stay in. We met a woman um, a long time ago, but we ran into her again the other day. And she has been doing this, I want to say, at least 20 years. And this is her life. In Mexico, so many women, once they enter prostitution, they can't just do something else. Especially if people find out. I mean, you know, from going to the brothel, how most of the women are not from there. They come from other parts of the state because they don't want family or 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 friends to find out what they're doing because people will judge them that way. And once you're a prostitute, you're a prostitute for life. Right. <laughs> you know? So what would happen if somebody did find out? I think for for us, family is so, so important. Just bringing that embarrassment to our family mm-hmm. would be devastating to us. And, you know, and people will always gossip and will always talk and will always, you are the daughter of whoever and you're the prostitute. What are some of the successes that you've seen? I mean, the ultimate success is for them to get out. But the biggest success for me right now would be for Mother's Day, that we were able to take them out of the brothel and take them out to eat. 
Yes. That was the biggest for me. And why is that considered a success? Because we took them out of their comfort zone. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're on my side of the field now. Right. You know, they're on my side now. Whereas I always go into their side. And they were so much more open that day and yeah. willing to tell us about their lives and, yeah, yeah, and share yeah. things they wouldn't share inside the brothel. Yeah. I mean, they shared about their lives and boyfriends and kids and, you know, husbands and so on and so on. It's gotten better where they, they've opened up a lot more. I mean, which is a success in itself. Yes. <laughs> but, but remember going in the first couple of times that we went in and we're like, okay, we're here five minutes. That was huge. Or the first <laughs> time that they started cutting up with us and, and laughing and yeah. and telling jokes. We were so happy that one time. The success on the being going out into the ladies' bar and this and and on the street is is getting to actually pray for them. Like mm-hmm. when they've come out and said wanted us to pray. Mm-hmm. That that's a success too. So explain the difference between the brothel and the ladies' bars. What is a ladies' bar? A place where women were there and offered companionship and men would come and and they would offer their companionship. And so what do you mean by companionship? Well, they would drink with them. They would dance with, the, with them. Um, and if offered they were a client and they would go to a hotel or or you found out that some of the ladies bars have little rooms in the back and they can go have their clients in there too let me explain boys town we call it in the united states we call it boys town it's a brothel in a border town it's there's several of them um along the mexico united states border And it's just an area of prostitution. It's more than just a club. Usually it's like an area and they're always called boys town in Acuna. The boys town has a name. It's called Hunter's bar in Acuna. They call that area something different. What do they call it? They call it La Zona de Tolerancia or La Zona. It means that that's where it's, Technically, technically legal prostitution. Whatever happens in the street at at la zona de tolerancia for you for for a woman to work there, you have to pass like uh, you have to get a medical card. You get you get um, checked um, on a regular basis, and you have to be able to pass. Whereas in the street, you don't. It's just a zone. It's a zone. And, and, and this is where Huntress Bar is and how it used to be outside the city limits, but now the city has caught up to it. So, mm-hmm. but the way it is, it's, it's carved into a little hill. And that's where La Zona de Tolerancia or La Zona or Boys Town is. I had been praying to be able to yeah. go in there for a yeah. long time. And people would tell us, no, it's closed. It's already, and you can't go in and so Pastors on. Pastors were telling us that. Yes, they were telling us that. And, but we somehow connected with this other lady who had a ministry up on that little hill. Mm-hmm. And um, 
she used to help or minister to some of the older prostitutes. That ministry was only a couple of blocks from 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 Boys Town. And I remember she asked, do you want to go see? And of course, I asked you because I was translating. And of course, you said yes, because you had been praying for it. <laughs> so, so we walked over because it was only a couple of blocks. We walked over. We're up on the little hill looking down. This lady had some connection to the bar down there. And she asked, she goes, do you want to go down there? I translated that to jazz. <laughs> and then as I was finishing translating, Jess was going down the little hill. <laughs> well, we go down the little hill um, to go to go in. And I was like, we're just going to go outside. There were men working on the roof of the of the bar. The men are like, hello, you can go in if you want to. I was like, I'm not translating that. And and then they said it again. And I, and I go, OK, Jess, they're they're saying that we can go inside. Do you want to go inside? And she's like, yes. They took us in. They gave us a tour of mm-hmm. everything, everything. The rooms, they told us how much they they charged, how clients, everything, um, everything. But that was our very first time. Um, and it was amazing how God just answered your prayer, you know, to go. And I know I had been telling God, you know, if you don't want me to be here, if you don't want me to work with Jess, you need to send somebody else. (laughs) And this has been over maybe four or five years ago. It's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful journey and, and I've grown. In what way would you say you've grown? Just being more accepting, more accepting, um, less, judgmental <laughs> all this has brought me even even on my walk with with the lord it, it's it's brought me closer to him you know just you um you went on an outreach in the united states and you've done regular outreaches in acuna what are the differences in outreaching in in the two different countries I remember when you when you first started going, you said that the standard of beauty was very different in Mexico than how it was in the U.S. And of course, at the time, I, I had no idea. <laughs> and you said the the women in the U.S. they look like Barbies. I mean, they're beautiful and 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 so on. And in Mexico, the women that work at the ladies' bar, they come in all shapes and sizes and age and with teeth, with no teeth. <laughs> There's someone for everyone. Now the ladies at, at the brothel, they are, they're, they're beautiful. I mean, they are, mm-hmm. but the women in Mexico, every time I have gone, they are fully clothed. Um, they, they're dressed provocatively, of course, mm-hmm. but I mean, you see nothing. I remember the, because remember at the beginning, we went a couple of times at night mm-hmm. going during the day. Yes. And even though they were with clients, they were fully clothed. And then you invited me to go do an outreach here in the States. You prepared me and you said these women are going to be um, in different stages of undress. 
you know, they're women. I'm, I'm a woman. I'm okay. I walked in and the very first, right at the entrance, there's two girls and they're wearing pasties with a very small thong. And I just went, oh, okay. But you did warn me. So I just kept walking behind you. There was a lady dancing. Yeah, she was moving very provocatively. And I was not expecting that because yeah. I hadn't seen that ever. You said, just keep going. And I just followed you. And then we went into the dressing room. And yes, it was true. The The girls are beautiful here in the States, you know, and they're all made up and, you know, and they look beautiful. Those are the main differences. So what are the similarities? They're doing it for the money. And I don't think the ones here, do they, I mean, they weren't being fondled. They weren't being touched. No, the, the clubs in Texas are no-touch clubs. They're not yeah. allowed to touch. It's against the law. And here in the States, I didn't see anybody, like, actually taking a drink and drinking with the man. Where in Mexico, they do. Remember at the brothel, the, one of the ladies was telling us that depending on how many drinks they can get their clients to buy, mm -hmm. that's what how they pay for their room. Yeah. What are your impressions of the women working at Boys Town? Like if you were just to see them on the street, what would you think? They're just women. I mean, now that we've gone and seen them. Okay. Because remember when we, at first, before we even went, how people would tell us, these are beautiful women and they are cartel women and you don't talk to them. We've seen them at the whatever store and you don't get to talk to them and whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that. Though I remember people saying that the, that boys town is cartel run and maybe it yeah. is. I mean, I really don't know no. if it is or not, but they've always welcomed us. Yeah. We've never had any issues whatsoever. I've never, I see two men the whole time we're there because we go during the day. Yeah. I see yeah. two men and that's some guy. I don't even know who he is. And <laughs> <laughs> and the DJ who always helps us carry stuff in. And he's super nice. <laughs> yeah, he's so I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe it is cartel run. I don't know, but those girls are definitely not cartel prostitutes. They, they are not afraid for us to be there. They're not afraid to no. talk. There's a house mom sitting right there mm -hmm. and she's mm -hmm. probably our biggest supporter. She loves yeah. it when we come. So yeah. I just, I find it hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, I remember those stories, and I'm like, this is not who they are. You know, like, you know how I, most I, of them come from out of out of Acuna, but mm -hmm. there are some from Acuna that they live in Acuna, mm -hmm. so they go work on the weekend, and then they go home to their kids and come back at night. Well, you saw that one on Saturday that came in. Mm -hmm. She had been with her kids. She had yeah. gone to see her kids, and then. She had come back. The Boys Town in Acuna is right now. It's just one bar, one club. Mm -hmm. um, but there are other buildings there. Describe some of those other buildings that are being unused right now. But describe what they were used for. Well, at one point, the city would, would shut down, like the ladies' bars and everything else in in the city at two. So then. Everybody would come, would not everybody, but whoever wanted to continue partying and stuff, that's 
where they would go to Boys Town and they knew that they were prostitutes and stuff over there. Right next to um, Hunter's Bar, there was another bar that it burned down several years ago. And um, they talk and they say that in that bar, they used to have very young women prostitutes there. And then if you notice in the very back, mm-hmm. there's like some metal buildings and stuff. So at Hunter's Bar, the women that work there are the pretty ones, the ones that had the medical mm-hmm. card. Anything in the back was older, <laughs> trans and all that. That's where they would be. But those were the the cheap. Mm-hmm. The, those were the ones that the people from the manufacturing plants could afford. Who were the customers of the pretty women at at the bar up front? Usually Americans. Okay. It would be Americans or people who could who could afford it because remember they said that they would charge per client depending on how pretty they were from eighty to a hundred and something dollars per client. But if they wanted to spend the whole night with them, it was around four hundred dollars. Right. Do you but remember who getting like all that? that money? I think they do. They they do once they pay for the room and stuff. They keep all mm-hmm. that. Because they've never talked about a pimp or anything. I mean, not. I don't know if they would talk about it, but but remember the house mom? She said that uh, most of them have been doing it for for some years. That they have their their own clients, where they they can where they tell them, "Hey, I'm going to be here this weekend," mm-hmm. and then they just schedule them as to when they're they can come in. I'm happy where where we are, and I've never felt unsafe. Um, I've actually felt safer at the brothel mm-hmm. than on the street. At the yeah. Why is that? When we go to the brothel, it's just the women. Mm-hmm. It's just the women that we get to talk to and, and joke around and mm-hmm. do whatever. Whereas when we go to the street, Sometimes they're already there with the client and they're dancing with them. And there's, there's a lot of men too. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't know, you don't know if they're cartel or not or right. what their intentions are. Cause they, mm-hmm. they will try to strike a conversation or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you just move on, but still, and some of them are drunk mm-hmm. and you're like, I mean, I can punch you, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's uncomfortable. They they, they get mm-hmm. on your on your personal space. So you never, never felt, felt unsafe in Lazona. Never. Would you go by yourself? If I were to die tomorrow, and the ministry had to continue on, and you couldn't find anyone to go with you, would you go by yourself? I think I would. I think I'm falling in love with it, mm-hmm. with what you do, because. Because nobody else will do it, Jess. Well, and I was just going to bring that up. I had just said that you wouldn't have anyone to go with you. You, you would, would you go by yourself? But why wouldn't anybody go with you? So why are two women from the United States crossing the border to outreach to women in Acuna? Why isn't somebody from Acuna doing this? Because there's still that stereotype that, you know, you know how it was when you first went and everybody was excited and they're like, I'm going to go with you and this and that. And then it was time to go. 
And they were, well, you can't go because it's closed. You can't go because it's cartel members. You can't go because of whatever, whatever, you know. And then, and then, you know, God just opened that door. Mm-hmm. And then they couldn't go because I have to take care of my testimony. Mm-hmm. And what are people going to say? And that's how, that's how people are going to be like, Ooh, I saw your daughter at the ladies bar. They don't mm-hmm. know what I'm doing, but they know I'm at the ladies bar, even right. though they're, they're in there. Yeah. <laughs> if my testimony is good. Mm-hmm. Then how can doing ministry in a bar hurt my testimony? Mm-hmm. If people know who I am, mm-hmm. then they would know that I must be there for a reason. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I would, I wouldn't go to the ladies' bar just, be, just to have fun and go dancing and see who I could get. That's not yeah. your character. That's not who you That's are. Not who I am. You know, Jazz, Claudia, your your pastor's wife has earned my respect mm-hmm. just on her saying, you know what, I will go. There's two women in Acuna that, after four five years, mm-hmm. have stepped up and started doing outreaches with us. One is yep. my pastor's wife, and she started, gosh, like in March. Yeah. And the other started a week ago. Yeah. And it's taken this much time, five years, to get two other women to start going with us. Mm-hmm. And the reason I go to the church that I go to is because they're not afraid. They will step up and they will minister to people and they don't care where they have to go to minister to people. So my pastor, um, when we did an outreach to the ladies bars, he was right there with us. And, you know, he didn't go in, but he stood outside and he was ministering to the men. And, you know, his wife was going inside with us and they don't see any problem with it. I mean, they're not worried about protecting their testimony because they know what their testimony is. They know who they are. And, you know, I I just, the others who are worried about protecting their testimony, I feel like they're just more worried about their image than they're worried about sharing Christ, which is really sad. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we had that one (laughs) that walked in with her Bible open. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we had a former, um, she was a prostitute at Boys Town and she wanted to, um, she wanted to do an outreach with us and we were excited about it. And it, it was my fault. I take full responsibility. We didn't explain anything to her. And so we walked in and she was walking behind us and she had her Bible open and she's reading from her Bible loudly as we're walking in. And I'm like, tell her to put the Bible away <laughs> because we don't go in preaching. We don't go in with an agenda. Our goal mm. is just to develop relationships And then we will take those relationships outside of the brothel. And then that's where we can do ministry. But then she went in and she started preaching. And it was just, it probably set things back several months. Do you have anything you want to add before we close this out? Thank you for for (laughs) taking me on this wild, wild ride. It has been crazy good. It has been. And... I know that God has brought us together to do this ministry together mm-hmm. and just the way things have worked out and we've become such good friends through it. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing this ministry with anyone else, but you. Oh, thank you. 
You can warrior up with your own Christian apparel at officialstriptees.com. Connect with us at battlecrypodcast.com or on all the usual social media outlets. Thanks for watching Battle Cry. And remember, wars are not fought in the barracks, so warrior up and let's hear your battle cry.